0: Merry Christmas and welcome and we're so glad that you're here this morning. We have, we have a great crowd out. I mean, the seats are full, so thank you so much for coming. And it is a joy to have my mom and my stepdad in. Thank the Lord for bringing him in our life. Um, he reminded me yesterday that he listened to my messages and he remembered what I said a good sermon was. It had a good beginning, a good ending, and as close as it could be in the middle, so I'm going to get on this morning. Christmas, the title of the message today is, What Will You Do With The Baby? You know, it's amazing how when you look around at people and you discover how they respond to Jesus really matters. And we're going to look this morning at how different people respond to the birth and the life of our Lord Jesus. You know, for those of us who are parents and we have babies Babies change everything, don't they? I can remember when Josh, our oldest, was born. He was our first. We didn't really fully understand what to expect. He took over the whole house. He was only that long, and he took over the whole house. I mean, we had to give one whole room to him. We had to paint the nursery, all these different things. And it's like he alters your sleep schedule. I mean, it's no longer about you when you have a child, is it? When you become a parent... I assure you, it's no longer about you. Everything in your life totally transforms. Well, in the message today, we want to see how in the life of our Lord, people responded when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And I want to kick off today, Luke chapter 2, verse 11. I want you to read this with me, will you, on the screen. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior... Who is Christ the Lord? So it was very obvious who he was, but what was the response that people gave to him? Well, first of all, I want you to notice in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, that people in the city had no room for him. Now, can you imagine God coming to earth? And only God can do this, by the way. He comes to earth in the form of poverty. So that it would not draw special attention, but yet while Joseph and Mary were there, no one in the city paid attention. They were out doing their own thing, nobody had room, and Mary, as Christian alluded to this morning, gave birth on the edge of a cattle stall. Now for those of us who have witnessed birth, we want to be in a a hospital room, we want everything to be sanitary and clean, that is not how our Lord came into the earth he came in in a barn, and his mother wrapped him and put him in a cow trough. That's what a manger is. It's a place where you feed animals. And that's where she laid him. This was the lowly humility of our God. God became flesh, became one of us, and was born into absolute poverty. But the people in the city had no room Joseph took his family back to Bethlehem to be counted in a census, and there Jesus was born, just as Micah said in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, hundreds of years earlier. Though they found no guest room available for his birth, even the shelters who might have allowed them to come in said no. And that's exactly why Jesus came when he did and where he did. He wanted to relate himself to humanity in its lowest form. The people in Bethlehem might be excused since they likely do not understand all the events, but what excuses do we have today to give Christ little room in our life? We have the full revelation of God, we have church, we have all kinds of things to let us know who He is and what He is. But just like the people in the city, it's so easy to push Him out of our life, isn't it? I mean, we can get so consumed with ourself that God has basically no room. So the people in the city had no room for him. Let me read the passage from Luke chapter 2. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Why? Because there was no room for them in the inn. None. The people in the city had no room. There's a second group, and that is the angels. And what did they do? They announced him. Let me read the passage, and then we'll make a few comments. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The shepherds in a nearby field heard an announcement from the angel. And in the city of David was born a Savior who would save us from our sin. A Savior from sin. That's why He was born. That's why He came. That's why He was sent. Christ, the word Christ means the anointed one, and Jesus means Savior. The baby was no one other than God Himself. God, very God. And no wonder the multitude joined in the singing. And this is our responsibility too. As God's people, we are to announce that the world has a Savior. That's why He came into the world to save us from our sin. And then there's another group, and that is the shepherds. And by the way, we miss this so much. The shepherds were the most despised, lowest form of humanity. Imagine how aggravated you are when you get behind a farmer out on the road and he's got silage in the back of his truck and he doesn't put a tarp over it. I experienced this recently. Hogging up both lanes of the road, blowing silage all over the car, running people off the road. This was how people, and they were just, people were blowing their horn going down the road, and I mean just trying to get around him, didn't like him. Who would ever fool with an old farmer? But God will. And our God appeared to the lowest form, the most despised position, and announced the birth of Jesus the Savior. How did they respond? Well, chapter 15, or chapter 2, verse 15, reads this way When the angels went away from them, the shepherds, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And they all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. What did the farmers do with the message? They did what Christians should be doing today. They went out and shared it and told people that we have a Savior who died for our sin. So let me ask you, are we thankful for what God has done for us? And if we are, when is the last time that we told someone what Christmas was really about? Not in an obnoxious, arrogant way, but in a way that really matters. Don't you like it when someone says to you, Happy holiday, Happy Holidays. I always ask them, which holiday? Oh, it's Christmas. Well, then Merry Christmas. Because Jesus really is the reason for the season, isn't he? christ christ Jesus came to die for our sin. And you know, it's easy in our life, especially those of us who know Jesus, to get in what we would call the bubble. The bubble is only being around people who are like us, who think like us, who act like us, and people that we are, we're just so comfortable that we're never challenged to share or go out with our faith and tell people why God really came to the earth. And let me challenge you this morning. Be like the shepherds. They did not care They were willing to share their faith, share what Jesus, who he was, and what he had done. And they were witnesses for Jesus our Lord. We should be too. A fourth person uh, that is related to this story is also Anna. Now, Anna was an older lady, and she was a prophetess. And listen to what the text says about Anna. There was a prophetess, Anna who's the daughter of Thaniel, the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. That's a nice way of saying she was old. But notice Anna. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. This was a faithful, faithful woman. You think about Anna, she'd experienced tragedy in her life, She'd lost the love of her life. All kinds of reasons for her to have walked away from God. But she didn't. She didn't. She, she was faithful to God. She stayed in the temple even though tragedy had struck her. And when she was 84 years old, notice what the text says, she did not depart from the temple worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. This lady was a witness as an 84-year-old lady. And as she's going up to the temple, she's sharing her faith with people. Why, are you, why do you keep coming to this temple? What are you waiting on? And somebody probably said, well, we're waiting on the Messiah to come. Now notice what she says, and I skipped it, but she basically said, He is here. This is our Lord. This is Jesus. And then finally, an older man named Simeon found peace to die in the midst of the birth of Jesus. Notice what the passage says. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. That means the redemption, the Savior. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now can you imagine? You're an older man. God has been silent for 400 years until the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist. And here's Simeon, an older man, and God appears to him and tells him, Simeon, you will not die until you see God in flesh. Can you imagine what that was like? So now what does Simeon do? text says, and he came in the spirit into the temple, and when his parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, now Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation and you see this older man holding this baby boy, looking in his face and saying, this is my Savior. Simeon goes on, the Savior that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to Gentiles. That would be you and I, folks. If you're not a Jew this morning, you're a Gentile. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. And for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother, that is Joseph and Mary, marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Listen closely, closely. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. Now pause. This baby has been sent by God and appointed for this reason. Many people will fall over him. In other words, they'll look and they'll say, there's no way that that could be the Savior of my sin. I mean, this is ridiculous. So many in Israel would fall at the thought of God becoming a man, taking on a body living a sinless life and dying on a cross for their sin. Many will fall, but notice what he says. There would be some who would rise. Many would fall, some would rise. And notice what he says. And for a sign that is opposed, I'm going to skip the brackets, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So in this baby... Whatever you think about this baby really does matter because what's going to happen is your heart is going to be revealed by what you think about Jesus. Do you need Him? Do you need a Savior? Or are you going to save yourself? Does God have to intervene on your behalf or are you able to pay for your own sin and control your own destiny throughout eternity? Now he goes and tells Mary that a sword will pierce through your own soul also because you, Mary, are going to have to watch your child die on a cross for the sin of humanity and a majority of the world will reject him even though he came and died for the sins of all. So I ask you this morning as we think about what will you do with this baby? Who are you like? Are you like the people who have no room for him? Are you like the angels who rejoice at Jesus? Are you like the shepherds that tell people about him? Are you like the prophet Anna that never gets too old to worship Jesus? Or are you like Simeon, not sure about your death until you see Jesus? All of us have to come to a place and a point in our life where we do something with Jesus. To, to not accept Him as our personal Savior is to reject Him and say that eternity is in my power, and my hand, I can handle it on my own. But to stop and contemplate and to think deep in your heart that one day each one of us, each of us, will close our eyes in death and we will open them in eternity somewhere. And you have to listen to me, folks. You will die one day. And you will, at the last breath that you have, you will then enter into eternity. And dependent upon what you do with Jesus in this life is what determines what happens in your eternity. If you reject Christ as your personal Savior and you close your eyes in death, according to the Word of God, not my opinion you wake up in absolute consciousness. And it's not that you're away from the presence of God, it's, it's the fact that you have rejected His Savior and then you are immediately taken to pay the penalty for your own sin. And that is what we would call an eternal separation from the blessing of God. Some people call it hell. Some people call it the lake of fire, which is what the Word of God calls it. But it's into a place where you have chosen to pay for your own sin for eternity. And God allows you to do that. But on the opposite spectrum, of, we see this child given by God, who was God, very God, who came to this earth to give us a gift that we never deserve, we could never earn on our own, and we could never do anything, anything to pay God back. Because it is a gift. And that is where Christmas really comes from. We give something to someone not wanting to get back. That's what God did to us when he gave the person of Jesus Christ, who came to this earth and took on a body like we have Lived a completely sinless life, went to the cross not to die for himself, but to die for the sins of man. And the Word of God says that God so loved you that He gave His only Son, that the only requirement is for you to believe on Him and have everlasting life. Sir, what must we do to be saved? the jailer asked Paul. And what did he say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Trust him as the sin bearer and the sin payment for your debt. And according to God's word, as many as received him, to them he gave the authority to become the sons of God, even to those who believe on his name. John chapter 1 verse 12. You know, the point is this. All of us have to make some kind of response to the baby today. And what will ours be? I'm thankful that several years ago that I was taken to a church where someone preached the gospel. The fact that God became a man and died for my sin. And that I, by simple faith and trust, could trust what He did on the cross for me and that He would be my sin-bearer. And as simple as that message may seem, it's so profound. And I believed on Jesus for my Savior. Now, I wasn't discipled immediately. It took me years. I'm sure if you looked at my life during a certain period of time there, you probably wouldn't have even known I was a believer. But I want you to know something. Something happened in my heart. And God never quit on me. And then a later point in my life, God began to do a work in my heart and soul, and then God burdened me to want to share this message with other people. And that is how I ended up in a pulpit, by the way. And so this morning, I I beg and plead with you, make sure that you have made certain of your eternal destiny, because one day, one day, you will see God face to face. And if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, you will never forget this opportunity that God gave you on Christmas of 2022. Trust Him today. Would you bow your head, please? Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, this morning, I pray that you will do a work in our hearts and in our life. And I pray, Father, if anyone is here that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, that they would receive the greatest christmas gift today ever and that is the gift of jesus for eternal life if you're here this morning and you've never trusted christ as your savior this is what you do you just basically talk to god and you can do it silently right where you are and just say something like this dear god i know i'm a sinner and i believe jesus came to this earth as your word says to be the savior of the world And I trust what He did on the cross as the payment for my sin. And I want to believe on Him as my Savior today. I pray that you will do that. And if you did, let me encourage you, come and see Brian or I. Share your decision with us. Because we want to help you in your new walk with Jesus. So Father, honor Yourself, I do pray today. And may people come to know Jesus through not only this service, but our life and the words that your people here will share with others about the real reason and the real meaning for Christmas. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.